Hi everyone, and welcome to our 12th episode of Devon Speak Up Podcast. So uh, I will be your host today. Uh, my name is Navid, and I have uh, Remco and Santaji helping me today with the uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, questions uh, at the moment, and that is, is moving to the cloud going to save costs? Well, we're going to discuss that and see where that leads us. Let me let me just jump right in with with a with a big question, and the big question is: Is cloud actually saving costs? So, what do you guys think? Well, in short, my answer would be it depends. <laughs> That's of course uh, an awful answer, but it's actually it, it it's true. Um, yes, yeah, so it depends. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it depends on what exactly, because th- that that's that's the easy answer, just like you said. Yeah, but sure. it depends on what and and why. Because um, so the um, so let's let's uh, zoom out a little bit. Huh? <laughs> uh, the the reason the reason why why uh, we wanted to discuss this topic is because a lot of the motivation for uh, for organizations to move towards cloud is. Well, it will save us cost. We don't have to maintain the data center anymore uh, and so on and so on and so on. So, and we are trying to figure out, okay, what are the nuances in there? And is it actually true? Yeah. And, and which con- uh, context and to which extent? So, so, so maybe, maybe it's good maybe to investigate the, the, the actual situation. So uh, uh, um, an average organization, which is, which is not running in the cloud yet, probably are they have their own data center with, with their own hardware and manage that, or they rent a data somewhere, center somewhere. Uh, but most of the times they're also dependent on the organization who, who manages that data center. Um, and most of the time it's, it's in general, it's infrastructure. So they probably have virtualized machines. Uh, and, and if they need to scale out or need, want to deploy new kind of applications, uh, that organization will create new virtual machines for them. And, um, and, and that's the way they manage it. And, and in general, there's, you could say, less different ways to, uh, to configure that infrastructure. So it's a little bit more fixed. Of course, virtualization offers some flexibility. But if you mm-hmm. then look at the cloud, there, there are a lot of new ways to, um, um, to, to, get, to get your cloud solutions. And so you don't need a virtual machine anymore if you want to run a database. You can just create a database in the cloud. And mm-hmm. so, so uh, the cloud offers new ways there, but also new ways to um, um, manage those costs. And in the old situation, you just pay a, a fixed price for those virtual machines. Whereas in the cloud, suddenly you can uh, turn them on, turn them off, or even use other services which have other ways uh, uh, other ways to to to, yeah, to to have your application up and down, and so which also has effect on the cost. So, mm-hmm. in that case, it's not necessary necessary to say that the cost will be lower, but you do have more opportunities to optimize the way your applications uh, are run, and thus has impact on the cost. So, it potentially could be lower, but it's not necessary. Yeah, that. I think I think it's also uh, highly dependent on what kind of tasks and applications you're. Uh, you're talking about right so if if we're talking about let's say um, uh, video encoding uh, just uh, to name something or uh, 3d rendering or something that that is run much better and much more affordable or let's say much more efficiently on a bare metal than on a virtualized um, uh, uh, machine 
and then 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 you could argue against it right but if you're talking about something that is not used extremely frequently or is not very uh, cpu or memory intensive then you could then you could find yourself on the other end of the spectrum right mm-hmm. yeah so uh, so for me is also um, another question uh, that we need to uh, answer i i think is we we uh, we talk a lot about cloud as this magic thing and we and we uh, also have this uh, weird assumption that that everybody understands what we mean by it right but there but even in that as, uh, aspect there are a lot of differences right so um, i think i think what you were uh, discussing was uh, was the public cloud but we also have things like the private cloud. So how does that then compare? Yeah, so my, my point is, uh, my question is basically like, um, we we kind of know already uh, because they tell us <laughs> and they bill us, uh, like when when we deploy uh, certain, um, certain resources on a public cloud environment, whether it's Azure or AWS or Google Cloud or whatever, then there are certain costs involved with certain uh, resource usage, right? Uh, but I've also been uh, working with, uh, with companies that have their own private cloud stack so things like OpenStack or something like that you know mm-hmm. and and then then there is a totally different cost uh, analysis that needs to be done right because then you're actually still talking about a data center but in a cloud um, kind of deployment so how do you see that is, is that is that like an intermediary uh, best of both worlds, or is that actually the worst of both worlds? Ooh. Well, uh, it, 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 in, in the, the situation you describe, huh, like a, we have a company having their own data center, but with something like uh, um, an open stack, and, 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 and then in that case, at least you will have benefit of some more cloud native technology. Huh? You can create containers, you have a way to flexibility on, on creating infrastructure on creating virtual machines. So it offers uh, some cloud technology. So that's mm-hmm. a plus. Um, but if you're still responsible for that actual infrastructure, you still need to manage the hardware. You need to manage the data center. So those you need to do big upfront in investments in, 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 in creating such a data center. And uh, those are, of course, still big uh, downsides. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, sometimes we also make the distinguish like uh, uh, the, the, the distinguish between capital expenditure and operational expenditure, and uh, a lot of companies prefer operational expenditure because uh, yeah, the, mm-hmm. they you don't need to have big budgets up front, and it's really clear like uh, this cost us just uh, one thousands or maybe one million uh, euros per month or per year, mm-hmm. but it's more predictable. Whereas, yeah, those big investments, uh, you need to do, do big investments for yeah three or five years up front. That's of course is different. True, true, true. So, so it's also um, is it then, in your opinion, at least, uh, like how companies look at when they will see the return on their investment? Because I can, I can, I can assume that if you if you have all of those things uh, invested. Uh, then your recurring cost will be a lot lower, 
right? So then in time, you might have uh, a moment that, that you break even or even uh, end up being, um, uh, well, being less expensive than if you would have used the operational expenditure of just having recurring costs with a public cloud uh, a solution. Yeah, yeah. Right? So for, for me, it's also like, uh, what what are we gaining here? Right? I, I think if you, if you, again, if you maybe bridge back to uh, the, the, the public cloud, I think what you at least... What you have there is a lot of flexibility. And so we talked about the upfront costs and, and you never know if it will pay you back because you cannot look in the future. Mm-hmm. And if, if for some reason you have a big workload, which requires a lot of hardware, but after one year decide, hey, we don't need to use this application anymore. You just stop it in the public cloud and you stop paying for it. And otherwise you already made the big investments. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and so I think, I think flexibility probably is um, something which is one of the biggest benefits and uh, you uh-huh. can do something today, but tomorrow you can do it differently, use other technology or just stop using it or, uh, you can scale out or you, uh, so, and so I think flexibility probably is more important uh-huh. and by, by, by the flexibility, it also gives you a lot of opportunities to, um, um, optimize your costs. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So, so f- uh, the, the reason why I'm asking this question is also to, to get behind the bigger question that at least in my opinion is, is rarely asked, right? Like, uh, I understand, uh, like a lot of times when I, when I get to, uh, get into this conversation with the customer, it's, yeah, we want to save costs or we want to do this or we want to do that. And most of the time in my head, it's like, okay, you're asking the wrong question, <laughs> like, uh, or you want to do the wrong thing or for the wrong reasons, because it, is it really to save costs? Is, is it, is that the real issue or, uh, and, it, and is, and is saving costs basically like how much you get billed every month, or are we talking about saving costs in the long run, uh, over a, a much bigger process and, and, um, and, uh, optimization, uh, uh, rounds, let's say that, because those are totally different things. Uh, Santiji, you wanted to, to add something on this? Yeah. So uh, my perspective is like if I'm uh, starting a startup company and for initial investment, I don't have enough money to uh, set up a private data center. And in a longer run, I don't want to own that responsibility of maintaining the infrastructure and uh, continuous upgrade. Because in recent days, we saw, okay, we have already switched the normal hard disk to the SSD hard disk, which are much more efficient. So like those kind of hardware uh, enhancements, I will be missing out if I try to set up the private data center. And the the cost plays very much important role. I understand the point you are trying to make, the immediate cost saving or the longer run cost saving. But most companies, I feel uh, it is best suited to save or see what cost is involved now. Yeah. And then you try to reciprocate, okay, how much cost is going to uh, come across be like one year or two year or three year down the line. But Mm -hmm. what the immediate benefit we see now with cloud and with private data center is that we we can always upgrade to uh, latest technology if we are uh, running on the public cloud. 
mm-hmm. because we are not taking the headache of maintaining and upgrading the infrastructure yeah you're you're basically um either way when you go to the cloud what you're saying is at least you're saving cost on maintenance and upgrades and and uh, and that kind of stuff yeah yeah remco so um when Santhi started explaining about uh, the, the the startups, it first popped in my mind like, yeah, but that's a startup that's different than a big organization. But then I realized that it's a real good statement because you could also think that in large organizations, you should do the similar approach. So if, an, if, if in a really big organization, a, a small team is creating a new product, uh, Hey, in, in that case, you also don't know if it's worth to do the investments. So then it's also a good opportun- opportunity if they can just use uh, the technology they would like to use. And yeah. if you already have a, did a, uh, a big upfront um, um, investment in, in your infrastructure, what you also see happening then is then that part of the department tells those teams, yeah, it's good that you create a new product, but you should use our platform because we already did a lot of investments there. And maybe that team, for instance, has a good reason to start using, I don't know, Kubernetes. And that platform does not support Kubernetes. And then they suddenly are being forced to use different technology. And so I also like to use the fit for purpose. I think that also applies to cloud technology. And 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 so, again, I think that's also a plus for um, the cloud that you can just choose the technology that is going to benefit and that that's future application. Yeah, that 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 does resonate with me. Uh, what you said is because, um, like Santiji said, like okay for a startup, uh, but then again, uh, like you said, everything that we start uh, new or we want to change within a company, we could also see that as in a startup within the organization. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and if you look at that, then, um, then, well, we, we talked about this, uh, at least, uh, privately, me and Remco about, about this, uh, the fact of this upcoming, uh, technologies within, within, uh, within the cloud, uh, for example, it's also democratizing technology, right? If, uh, if we were like, let's say 15 years ago and we wanted to do a, have a startup, we needed a data center, right? We needed our own bare metal. Um, and, and needing all of those things meant that we couldn't just one day wake up and start. We needed funding first. We needed a lot of upfront, um, uh, things in order to be able to start. And now that entire, um, uh, impediment is just gone. Now you can wake up on one day and then say, Hey, I'm going to build something today. And by the end of the day, you could basically have something built. And that is that, uh, that for me. So that is for me is a totally different aspect of cost saving, but I think that's a way more profound way of cost saving than basically just looking at the bill that you get at the end of the month. That's true. Yeah. And one thing I also uh, also sometimes explain is they, they call it the economies of scale. Uh, so uh, even you, yes, you can build your own data center, uh, but the big vendors like uh, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, uh, they get a lot of discounts. They have a lot of experience in 
uh, operating these extremely big data centers, uh, uh, physical security, all those aspects, they know what how to take care take care of that, and 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 so you basically cannot. If you're a smaller organization than those organizations, you basically cannot get the same level of quality or security for the same costs. That's impossible. True. True. And uh, and yeah, if you look at it that way, then and that that could be another argument. On the other hand, you still could have valid reasons to have your own private data center. Uh, maybe if you're a government or so. I'm not saying that it's the only yeah. option, <laughs> but in that case, you also should. Uh, yeah. um, accept that the cost might be higher in, than the other cases. Yeah, but, but well, let's not forget that the NSA has already uh, signed a contract with uh, with Microsoft. So <laughs> so even if your government, you you, may, you might want to go to the public cloud, uh, probably with some better agreements than we have with. Uh, well, in that in that case, it, it is you could consider that private cloud. I mean, yes, what what's in the name about Microsoft does build um, um, data centers explicitly for government, uh, true, which probably true. also has other security measures. Uh, so uh, that's their way also to offer the same level of technology and the same level of flexibility, but uh, explicitly only for government. Yeah, th- that was my point. Uh, okay. What about the security? Uh, because all the people are moving to uh, all the companies, bigger organizations are moving to the public cloud. And uh, nowadays, I'm I'm actually a big fan of a sci-fi series. And uh, we came across like okay, uh, one hacker hacks the all the system traffic, uh, government system, security system, mm-hmm. etc. So, how this cloud migration? Uh, even if I migrate my company to the public cloud, so this they say. The security. They are trying to secure our uh, environment. They are trying to separate it from the other vendors. I still see there is some people still have the risk of uh, keeping my personal information into some other uh, servers which I don't trust and which are shared with other organizations. So this is a big question where most of the companies are still reluctant to moving to the public cloud, and they, even if the cost is higher, they from their perspective data is much more value data holds much more value than the actual money um yeah but i i do i do agree with the premise in that sense however um uh, even with that is 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 kind of a gray area in my opinion at least is okay we understand your data might be valuable but the data is only as valuable as what you can do with it Right. You, you can you can hoard like <laughs> millions of terabytes of, of data. But if you don't exploit it, then it's basically garbage. Right. <laughs> if you, if yeah. you don't know how to use it, then then it's not that. So then, then again, it's OK. Do you actually know what you're doing and why are you doing it? Or is it just the fear of the unknown? Right. And the fear of the unknown is probably a big part of why certain decisions are made the way they are made. And so then again, it's okay. Are we saving costs? Because we're not like, like what are the risks, right? It is, it is easy to be scared of the new technology, but it's, it's, it's more difficult to really understand it and to understand what the nuances are and what the actual risks are and to see, Hey, can I actually mitigate those or not? Right. Yeah. So some of those risks can be mitigated uh, fairly easily. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I I agree on that that part. On the other hand, uh, so I think the fact there there is so much fear or organization be reluctant. Uh, we could also consider that a uh, a signal. And I think we, uh, so not only just us consultants, but maybe uh, uh, cloud consultants or DevOps consultants in general, probably also could do a better job there uh, mm-hmm. in trying to explain. Uh, even more better what 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 it means i mean i'm i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a i don't consider myself a security expert so i also don't have all the answers but i think that's probably also something where we could help uh, so mm-hmm. and 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 have the discussion on all those nuances you were talking about yeah. and and yeah that would yeah but, but also what i think and, and this is just to bring a conversation also a little bit back to to costs uh, saving with uh, what we were talking about is um, some sometimes it is also very difficult uh, for organization to understand uh, or, well or to see that that uh, certain um, products uh, or certain applications uh, or certain technologies in the cloud can help them with their problems Right. So just to give you an example, uh, I worked uh, at, at one time I was working at uh, the company that um, that made uh, that made websites. And those websites were uh, well, and we had uh, this major customer and their website took like 12 seconds to load. Well, that's just just like unacceptable. Right. <laughs> you can't have your company homepage take 12 seconds to load. Right. And if you have like very bad Internet connection, that would sometimes go up to like 18 seconds. That is just like unacceptable. And and then and then you can try to figure out, OK, how can I fix this? And then you can you can obviously you start with looking at things like, OK, uh, how fast do I generate that HTML, for example? Right. And you can optimize that and optimize that and optimize that for some, uh, for, um, uh, for, for a big, uh, for a big amount. And then at some point I came up and I told them, do guys, do you actually know what is the biggest bottleneck in this case? Well, what is it? Well, it's your images. Your images are the biggest bottleneck. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but we have already minified them and tinified them and and it's the smallest thing and it's already low res and we can't go uh, even uh, even lower than that. Otherwise, it will look like uh, like shit. (laughs) And I said, yeah, I know, but we can also use something like a CDN. Right. And 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 the first and then. I had to explain to them what the CDN was. So I explained to them that there are a lot of servers all around the world. They cache your content and blah, blah, blah. And then they, and the, their immediate reaction was like, yeah, do you think we have, we have all the resources to build all those data centers all over the world? I'm like, guys, <laughs> you don't need like a multi-million dollar investment. All you need is like 600 euros a month to pay AWS because they already have a CDN implementation, right? So just the fact that they didn't even know that these solutions existed, they were they were thinking in in these multi-million dollar investments just to solve a problem of one yeah. website um, uh, load time uh, had to be reduced, right? And and so you see that the the uh, the cloud can also help you with like really simple solutions and integrate them into your existing products uh, and say, okay, I'm just going to use one part of the cloud uh, technology 
for uh, for my benefit. I don't always have to use everything. We don't always have to go fully cloud native to enjoy the benefits. We can also just cherry pick, right? We can yeah, also yeah. cherry pick and just use the parts that are necessary for us. Yeah. So then again, that's also uh, so that's a great story, by the way, which I told. So, but that is again what a probably meant in the beginning also that it that is uh, the cloud offers a big pool of technology and, 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 and it's really hard to talk in that case about costs or return on investment. Exactly. But there are point. so many solutions that can help you in so many different ways um, that it, yeah, it, it, it's, um, it's basically, you could say it's innovation. Eh? So, and, and that will help your team. If, if it's maybe on the non-functional area, your application can become more high available or, more responsive uh, you can fix those things but also uh, if you look at for instance the cognitive services like translations and image recognition uh, those oh, yeah. are all available as apis so you never need to think about how can i do image recognition no that's just a service in the cloud you can use that and you just play for each image translation and so there are so many different types of technology that will probably save you a lot of time or you could say that can even create new businesses and normally nobody wanted to start this type of business because yeah, then we need to create voice or image recognitions and now it's there. So, oh, now it's suddenly become really easy to create an app, app like this. Exactly. So, uh, so, so yeah. that, that, that is what, what I was also meant, uh, um, uh, was referring to with uh, democratization of technology. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now you don't have to know about machine learning if you just want to do an app that has a little bit of machine learning, yeah. let's say, yeah. uh, or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, in uh, in general, when we are when we start coding like C, C sharp or Java, any kind of platform, so we tend to use the utilities classes, which mm-hmm. I feel the cloud services are more like the utility classes, which is a, a generic solution for all kind of uh, uh, like not all kind of most kind of common occurring problems. So one should not uh, uh, be hesitant of using it. So they. They are helping uh, all the organizations now and in future also they might be more useful mm-hmm. and they obviously they are trying to take away the, the hardest part of uh, starting from the scratch. They yeah. have the, all the sure. ready infrastructure and we can just get started immediately. Yeah. And that, 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 that's really uh, a powerful thing that is, uh, that's enabling, uh, uh, that, that cloud is enabling us to do. So, yeah. uh, if, if we just, uh, go back a little bit is, uh, I understand these things. Uh, so we, we can use it to our benefit. So the other part of, uh, costs and cloud that, that I've heard some uh, challenges in is how to manage that. Right. So, for example, I uh, I was uh, at a dinner party like uh, last year because huh, you know why. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, and and this and this guy was uh, was a was a cloud architect, and he was telling me that uh, well, they had a lot of issues about budgeting around those experimentations because he would run experiments, uh, let's say, on uh, on the architecture, and then sometimes it the bill would be like thirty k. Uh, for uh, for the for the previous month, and then his manager would come up to him and say, "Hey, uh, you were not supposed to do that, and uh, who is going to pay for this and stuff like that." So, and then and then this whole conversation and discussion has started about, okay, how do we manage costs, right? Because if, as we have seen, Remco can attest to that. <laughs> you would you would spin up some uh, some machines, and then you might forget about them, and then they would run indefinitely, and uh, well. 
the cost can go up quite significantly. Yeah, good question. Uh, I mean, in general, so I think each cloud vendor has their own implementation, but in general, there are different ways to, to manage it. So the least you should do is set up some alerting uh, and you can set up alerting on different levels, of course, or maybe on, on, on the top level, but also maybe on, on, on lower levels on, on, on the, maybe the resource groups uh, each team uh, uses, for instance, uh, but at least create some awareness there and that at least helps. Um, and yeah, sometimes maybe you also need to start thinking about uh, tagging resources or, or other ways, at least so that you can create different views on your infrastructure and have different kind of reports that tells you about uh, a certain cost. Um, I think it is also, a, I think, partly a part of your culture. And so if we say the DevOps culture is about teams getting more end-to-end -end responsibility, then the operational costs should also be part of that. And I'm not telling here that they need to be fully responsible, but at least it's also something they should be maybe revisit regularly and, and just see, hey, how are the costs currently? Hey, and, and where do we see some peaks and, and, and are there ways to optimize this? Eh? So mm -hmm. it, it's it's part of your of your journey. And I think if if you visit the topic on cloud governance, I think all those cloud, cloud vendors do have a lot of suggestions there, what you can do. Uh, they even offer uh, some specific services of, of tools to give you more insights there. And that's yeah. something, it's at least something you should uh, spend some time at when you when you start or uh, when you go down the road. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and I and I do believe that that uh, the vendors have matured a lot in those in the in in that sense in those areas because I I do remember like uh, quite a few years ago then you would just get a bill some somewhere and then and then you would have to go through the all the analytics to find out how how that came to be and stuff like that and yeah. and these days you already have at, at least at aws i know uh, you have uh, all these alarms for example and stuff like that that you can just put in place that that will warn you if something is about to go the, yeah uh, and or, you know and, and and maybe one thing uh so they also offer things like policies and quotas which mm -hmm. can also help you. So by at least creating some quotas or policies that, for instance, prevent escape and eternal scaling, uh, you can say, okay, uh, you are allowed, I don't know, to create a Kubernetes cluster, but you cannot scale beyond 10, uh, 10 nodes. So okay. uh, um, then at least uh, that's, that's a way to identify, hey, uh, we're expecting only three instances there. So if something, for some reason, it hits 10, uh, that could also be a warning signal. And exactly. in, in those in those policies, you can even sometimes do two things. So like either we prevent it, so it's not allowed. So then probably something, an error will occur somewhere in your infrastructure yeah. or uh, we allow it, but it creates a, a trigger or an alarm. And so somebody will, will get notified. So those are, and you need to think about those things a little bit upfront, but uh, those are easy fixes at least to, uh, to to, yeah, to monitor it. So. Yeah, but, but but keeping that in mind, it it means that um, just to get back to our original question is, is it going to save costs? And I I think your your original and first answer was was the most apt one, and that is, well, it depends, and mainly it depends on why are you using it, for what purpose are you using it, but also how are you managing it, because if you mismanage it, then it could be quite an expensive experiment sometimes. 
Uh, like you said, if you have like this uh, eternal indefinite uh, scaling uh, issues, well, that's gonna, that's going to be a, a huge bill <laughs> in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, w- one short story I want to want to share also is that uh, when 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 I I also give cloud trainings and then people really start laughing when they see a virtual machines costing over ten thousand dollars and. Mm-hmm. and uh, then I also tell this story that once a project I worked for, a, a, a developer or tester used one of those machines just for one day or maybe half a day just to test the upper limits of uh, a vertical scaling of the application. So he said, I just picked the fastest machines available. Uh, I run our application because it does a lot of the calculations. Mm-hmm. And then I know the fastest way this application can run with the current architecture. And mm-hmm. by doing that, he received a lot of answers, but he's seen that hey, scaling more CPUs or memory doesn't help. And so he found the, the application's current uh, limits. And yeah, by using this really fast machine, but by only using it for eight hours or something, well, it costs you uh, very little. And mm-hmm. so people really get scared if they see those numbers. But yeah, we're not, yeah, it's, it's just- Yeah, you have to see month. it in the right context, of course. Exactly, and and I mean, that's again the flexibility. You can briefly use technology and discover it and see if it works. And if it doesn't work, you remove it. So mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it can gain, give you a lot of insight because otherwise to gain that kind of insight, either it would have been impossible yeah. or you would have actually had to buy one of those machines just to run your test, but then you're stuck with that machine. So, yeah. <laughs> so either way, it's it is it is more cost efficient. It's just that we need to place it in the right context and in the right uh, 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 right mindset. Let's say. Yeah. So, and I think from a organizational or govern governance perspective, uh, you also need also need some cultural shift. So, you you really need to be open to those mechanisms and innovations. Uh, but of course, you don't want too many escalations. Uh, but let's say uh, that's a mechanism back and forth. And, and sometimes uh, maybe one time you hit a, a higher uh, bill because uh, something went wrong. But that, that's a learning again. And then uh, you probably, uh, yeah, uh, change some policies there. But yeah. um, I would always opt for a way that uh, people are able to uh, explore a lot. Uh, but yeah, you, you as, yeah, from a governance perspective, you define the boundaries. Mm-hmm. But it's just something, it should be... Uh, something that ties are tied together yeah uh, i think it should be natural right so whenever yeah. we uh, as a developer we try to uh, deploy our project in private data center we tend to choose what kind of machine it should be how much cpu it should have how much ram it should have so similar decisions we have to make it while uh, uh, deploying onto the public cloud mm-hmm. so we uh, like we should stick to our basic instinct about how to make a selection and that, 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 of course, will save the cost in longer run. Yeah, exactly. And, and to see how that, how everything that we already know and how our knowledge and skill, exactly. how those can be efficiently applied to this new world with these new technologies and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I think, I think it's, it's a good um, time to just wrap up because we, uh, we are, we are, we currently came to this conclusion of, okay, what, what we are want to do is one of the things that we always want to do in DevOps as well is to learn from mistakes, try new things, continuous experimentation, continuous learning. And, uh, and as you can see, it's even with cost calculations, even 
the same uh, methodology applies, right? We have to do some experiments. We have to keep learning from those experiments and uh, continuously improve. So uh, having said that, I would like to uh, thank uh, Remco and Santaji for, uh, for your time and for your insights. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you.